0: Hey, Georgetown, I'm Averick, (laughs) and I'm Jake. (laughs) Is that our music for now on? Yeah, that's our new jingle. Now you have to sing it the whole time.
1: Well, actually, I think that's copyright infringement because I'm pretty sure I just did the Sesame Street. No, no, not Sesame Street. Uh, What's Kermit the Frog? Uh, Muppets. Oh, Muppets! Yeah, I just Muppet, did the Muppets.
0: Muppets. Nice, nice, nice. So well, anyways, welcome to the GBC Empower Podcast, where we mainly talk about God, but we talk about Muppets and other things. Muppets, a-
1: Sesame Street, all the important, all the important characters, and Bluey. Can't forget the newest, the the new N- cat on town. Weirdly right enough, I've never seen an episode, but my boys are all about Bluey. The,
0: the Henderson showed me and Mal, and uh, maybe we've watched a few without kids being around it's fine you know it's cool no problem <laughs> man you're just practicing <laughs> yeah just practice it anyways so um we are so excited about the new year um we're so excited about where we're going and we we had a great podcast last week if you have not gave that a listen please do i thought that was really good i am just talking about like where we, uh, just in our prayer life, just where we think God is leading Georgetown and it's absolutely great. Um, So give that a listen. But this week we're going to talk about something that kind of stems from still the holiday season. We're kind of coming on the back end of the holiday season and we know when we spend a lot of time with family, we always know that it's good, it's great, it's, it's a massive blessing, right? But we also know that, Families can
1: be hard. They can. And I talk to people often when I say, hey, are you excited for the holidays? Or or are you just excited for whatever's coming up that involves being with family? You can learn a lot in that first reaction. Yeah. You know, you do talk to people that are just overjoyed at the thought of, you know, going to spend time with their parents or their siblings or aunts and uncles. Um, And then you you see people sometimes with a delayed response. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we do jokingly, you know, laugh about going to be with family, but friends, I mean, family is where it all begins. No matter what, Mm -hmm. um, all of us have a form of a family, whether they're people that are very invested in our lives or, or not. And, um, and it sparks an emotion and it's a challenge and, uh, it's, it's a challenge for Christian families, uh, who want to, uh, get along. Uh, but what about families that, have some Christians in the family, or or in some cases one Christian in the family, uh, but no one else is a believer. Uh, that can be really challenging.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, so me and Mal, we both come from just uh, different family dynamics. And uh you know and and it's great and it's a learning process and we and we absolutely love our family but with with family with life with everything, there comes conflicts. And really in this podcast, we want to talk about man, what's a godly godly way to deal with family but also kind of mainly deal with family who like when we have conflict or when we don't believe uh, the exact same thing. so I mean, I'm a believer in Christ. Uh, I have many family members who aren't, and they know I am, and guess what? They still love me, and we, we have that disagreement, but we still are unified in the fact that we are, we're family and we love one another. And so really in this podcast, we want to dive deep and just um, how to deal with family conflicts and how to to love and share the gospel with family members who don't necessarily have the gospel in their hearts.
1: You know, I've I've preached in a lot of scenarios in my life in front of people, where I would unashamedly proclaim the gospel to people. Uh, but what if you put me at Christmas Eve around my unbelieving family members? That's a little bit different. And mm-hmm. and you hear people say that often. Sometimes family members are the hardest people to share the gospel with, yeah. because let's face it, uh, they know us. Um, they they know. Uh, our good days and our bad days, and and sometimes we can feel like you can come across judgmental. Uh, but you know, the, there are so many books. For families. There's podcasts that you can listen to about family, about raising children, uh, about being around one another. And, you know, we're just trying to say, Hey, here's some of the things that the Lord's worked in our lives. And, uh, just try to give you a little bit of direction because maybe you're coming off the holidays and you're already dreading what, <laughs> what this next Christmas looks like. And, and, um, I believe that the enemy, if he can attack any single unit in the world, it's going to start with the family. And, uh, we do have an enemy, that wants to see our families in shambles, and um, I just encourage you, if you're out there and you're trying to love your family well, or maybe you've you've loved them well at times, and then you've gone through seasons where you haven't, mm-hmm. um, you're not a failure. You're not a failure. This is a challenge, and it's not easy. And uh, as the church, I pray that we would we would band together to support each other in these yeah. type of ventures. And 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 there are some people that. They need to build relationships with their family, but then there's situations where there are people that are just legitimately toxic. And how do I engage with them in a way that doesn't impact my children or impact, you know my own um, ability to walk as a Christian. So, in other words, I don't think we can get this all accomplished in a few minutes.
0: <laughs> no, no, but we we can definitely try our best, and 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 hopefully this is applicable to your life, and that you can take something from this. So, the the first thing that we have written down um, of just how to deal with family conflict is first um, seek God. So, Jake, yes. how do we seek God in the midst of uh, the family chaos?
1: Well, I need to make a quick um, just admission. This coming weekend, so by the time you hear this, hopefully, Lord willing, my brother will become a married person, Ooh. and um, somehow, someway, I'm the person officiating the wedding, And, uh, you know, it's, it's just weird. Uh, it's exciting, but I've never gotten to, you know, officiate a wedding for a family member, but it's Mm going to be amazing to be able to stand up there with my brother. And, um, my brother and I have a pretty good relationship and in a lot of cases he's my best friend, but in a lot of cases he's my mortal enemy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Um, now joking, but the reality is, is even in the relationship with people that I love and I'm close to, we are not the same people. You know, um, I grew up, um, really being into sports. Uh, my brother grew up being into band. I grew up, um, listening to a certain kind of music and he grows up, he listens to hipsters and, you know, things like that. And I really, you know, sometimes I like to make fun of him just a little bit. We could not be more different and yet Um, We really love each other and we talk about it often. Why? And and it goes back to what you just said. You seek the Lord. Uh, Any relationship that Jesus is a part of, um, can succeed if Jesus is there every person in the family could be completely toxic but if Jesus is a part of that family meaning that there is a Christian that calls upon God who 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 asks Jesus to be in their life means that Jesus has joined that family so so how do you do that well one of the verses I want to read to you is um, from James chapter 4. Verses six through eight, and and James wrote, and by the way, James is the brother of Jesus. Yes. So it's kind of fitting that we're reading this, because (laughs) if anybody could have said, listen, I know that Jesus came across as a good guy, but he gave me a noogie and a wedgie when I was 12. (laughs) James could have said that, but here's what he actually says. He says, but he gives greater grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But verse 8 says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. You cannot engage in conflict or trying to build a relationship with anybody, much less your family, until you are at a place spiritually where when you realize that you are not at the place of strength, but you find your strength in humbling yourself before God. In other words, as the older brother, I don't look at my brother and say, Hey, I'm the oldest one. I have the wisdom. I have, I have the ability to, to, to lead this family. No, I need to seek the Lord and say, Father, reveal to me where my heart is falling against you. Reveal to me where I I'm dealing with some form of hypocrisy. Um, and sometimes when you do that, you'll realize that maybe some of the conflicts, not all of the conflicts, but some of the conflicts maybe we are the problem just as much as the person that we're struggling with or not able to understand.
0: Yeah, no, no, absolutely. So um, I'm going to even come at this with the youth aspect, but it's something that was taught to me when I was an adult. I just speak to this to youth now so they don't have to learn the way, you know, how I had to learn. Um, But it's, it's simple. Your mom and dad, your cousin, your aunt, your uncle, your sons, your daughters, your your family members, they're sinners in need of a Savior just as much as you are. They need just as much grace as you are. And we get so caught up in the fact that, like, when I look at my mom and dad, I see mom and dad. I don't see sinners in need of a savior i hold them to a standard that they can't even grasp and hold to because it's my own fault but when i look at myself i'm like well i make mistakes but you know i have a god who forgives all mistakes but when i look at well i'm a dad i'm like i don't know you know but it's it's their people they're sinners in need of a savior just just like us and so when we're talking about seeking god and and i think this is a good segue for for our next point even and even our third but it is just this fact of like we have to see people. if When we're seeking God, we have to see people the way Christ sees people. I'm actually going to share, um, um, excuse me, uh, Colossians 3, uh, 12 through 14. Put on then. So Paul, sorry, Paul just talked about what we're supposed to take off. And this is how we're supposed to, this is what we're supposed to put on as believers in Christ. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must forgive. And above all these things, put love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. That's what it looks like when we seek God. How often in Christmas do we really have compassionate hearts? How, how often when we're dealing around family that we have patience or kindness Maybe at the start of the weekend, or maybe at the start of the day, but by the end of it, our patience might be running a little thin, or you know we don't want to really be submissive we don't you know we don't want to be compassionate, but that's why we're constantly calling you and telling you like God is and Paul is to seek God in the midst of the conflict.
1: This may not be you, but i'm I'm, I'm going to ask, do you ever struggle showing? Grace to family members that you might easily show to people that are not your family members?
0: Oh no, absolutely. Like I that is one thing to me. It's and it's weird and it's a human thing. But certain people to me, like uh I I give a lot of grace to. I give a lot of, you know, forgiveness to. But especially when it comes to family members, because I know them and I've seen them on their best days, right? You know, oftentimes we focus on the bad days. I've seen them what they can be and what the potential when they have a bad day or something, I'm very much less compassionate towards them and, and share a whole lot less grace because of that. It's, it's strange,
1: and you know I'm not a psychiatrist. Maybe we need to get Mallory in here to help <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah. She may tell us that we need to cancel the podcast. I don't know, but <laughs> I, am, I, I think my inability at times to show grace to my family members reveals my lack of faith in God. And I know that sounds like a big statement, but what I'm saying is, there is something going on in my heart. If I am unable to talk to my family members with the same type of grace that I would show one of the church members at Georgetown Baptist, mm-hmm. and um, y'all, this is this is heavy, and I understand that. Um, but what's really powerful is instead of focusing so much on our family members. We can focus on God, and God can tell us so much more than others can, um, our family members can, or even we can. So mm-hmm. so I know we kind of hit this a lot, but seek the Lord. Now, yeah. with relationships, with family, we have to understand something, and it took me years to get here, and I suffered as a result, but the ability of setting healthy boundaries. So number two, yeah. you set boundaries, so if you are a Christian and you have family members who are non-believers and you are trying to figure out how to navigate these relationships, it is extremely important to know what you are going to do yes, and hold to what you are not going to do. And I don't mean this like in a holier than thou, mm-hmm. like, listen, everybody, I'm the Christian, so I'm not going to... Go to the bar with you or things like I'm not talking about that type of thing. Yeah. I'm talking about how living your life as a Christian, these are these are roads I cannot go down. Now, Jesus set boundaries. Jesus mm-hmm. was a master at setting boundaries. When when the Pharisees would question him and say, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus didn't let people shake him. He knew who he was with his father. And he answered according to scripture. Yeah. But if you notice with Jesus, when he was talking to people and they were trying to get him to perform a miracle, and maybe it wasn't time to perform the miracle. It was time to give a word of truth or, or other ways. Jesus would always set boundaries in love. So if you have a family member that you don't know how to have a good quality conversation with before you have that conversation, Begin to formulate in your mind, what are some areas of conversation that if we have is only going to lead to some form of division or destruction or anger? Uh, In other words, what are some of the things that we just can't talk about? And I have to redirect this conversation. Um, You're the only one that's going to know that with that relationship. But being able to set those boundaries and learn that shame is a poor, poor... um, avenue to correct people's behavior. Yeah. So we tend to shame our family members. Um, it, shame just doesn't work. Um, but if we learn to communicate in love and try to speak to people, um, with, uh, dignity and respect and, and, but not let people pull us into the mud. Um, and I, this is a lot we're talking about right now. <laughs> it is a lot, uh, but just setting healthy boundaries. So you know, Maverick, I'm putting you on the spot. Like, yeah. how 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 do you set boundaries? And and sure with family members, but just in general, what are some boundaries that you
0: set? Well, it, it, I know it's heavy, but it's also simple. Of like, um, it's. I set bound ba- when when I became a Christian, I had to set boundaries because I am no longer my old self. Mm-hmm. Like the the sinful self and, and everything who I was I didn't want to be anymore. I had the Holy Spirit in my heart. There was conviction. A lot of things entered my life when I got saved. And so, like, I was already setting boundaries in the way I acted, in the way I walked, in the way I talked, in the way I, you know, uh, how I played sports, and and the whole nine yards. How I read, I started to read my Bibles. I started doing all these disciplines and all this stuff. And so, like, from day one of salvation, I was already setting boundaries. So, with our family, I guess my question that I ask myself and I'm asking you, do those boundaries go away because you're more comfortable or you revert back kind of to your old self like i I know I struggled with that often. I would get around my my family members who aren't saved, and we've been friends and family for years, and like they're they're people who I'm comfortable with, so i'm like oh i can I can kind of take a break here for a second, so really, my boundaries is. I need to live the life I'm, I'm called to live, not necessarily taking a break from Christianity, but loving my family and having joyous occasions in my family in a Christian, godly way. So some of the boundaries is just um, what what um, um, Colossians tells us to put off, crude joking, slander, lying, like literally stuff like that. Like I'm one who I love, love joking with my family and you know, around the holidays that that stuff kind of goes up or you're talking about family and it can turn a little bit gossipy. And I'm just very much like I'll leave the room. I don't make a big scene or I just won't be a part of it. I won't laugh or, you know, I just try my best to to live different, not out of shame. And if and if I get called out, I just kind of share why, you know, it's like, oh, you know, just, you know, that thing is funny or, yeah, I didn't really watch that or I've done that forever, you know, all that stuff. And you're just I'm a very open, honest kind of person. And I, and I point it back to to me of like what I'm working on and what I'm going through rather than like, oh, you shouldn't do that because I'm, it's like if you're going on a diet and like, oh, you shouldn't eat McDonald's because I'm not eating McDonald's. Like, no, that's putting shame. You go to McDonald's like, oh, can I get a, a salad or can I just get a water? You know, I'm not really hungry. You don't make a big deal about the diet or anything like that. You're trying and because they see you working hard on the diet or what we're really talking about your Christian life. Well, they'll see that and they'll notice that there's something different.
1: Yes. You're building influence and boundaries are so important in life. Whether you have them at work, you have them at church, you have them um, in any relationship, but families tend to try to place their family members in certain categories.
0: Oh yeah. What if, what
1: if, um, what if you're listening to this in, you've been made into being the savior of your family. Mm. And what I mean by that is you're the responsible one. You're the one that's working hard. Uh, you tend to be decently consistent in life. Your family members may try to make you be the one that holds everything together. And while it's wonderful that God's given you that influence, friend, that's, that's not a, um, a, that's not something that we are capable of holding on our own. Yeah. In other words, We have to let the fact that we are looked at potentially as a savior in our family bypass us and point to the one true savior. Um, There are all different type of roles that people try to place us in. And we have to learn to know who we are in Christ and be satisfied in that. And in a healthy, loving way, help our family understand how we view our relationship with Jesus. And, easier said than done easier. said, it's easy to say these things until somebody says, well, I remember when you were 22 years old and you, you know, you committed this crime or I remember how you used to be such a negative person or Mm -hmm. I, I mean, people will say these things, but, We have to learn to find our validation from God and not from what our family says we are, thinks we are. That's why people that were raised in a home of divorce can go on to have healthy marriages because we're not who our parents say we are. Mm -hmm. We're who God says we are. That's why people that grew up um, orphaned can can grow up and deal with the trauma of being orphaned, but eventually become a person that knows how to live in a healthy family. We get our validation from God. We get our marching orders from God. So set boundaries and learn to accept them and be okay with them. And and uh, the last the last thing I want to say, and it's very simple, but it's very broad, is God is sovereign yep. over our families, and God's sovereignty means that God has all control of everything. In other words, I hear people say, "I want to. I want to make sure that my friend, or my friend, or my family member can know Jesus and become a Christian." Um, you don't have the strength or the. Capacity to save any one person in your family. But you do have the strength to put yourself under God's control and pray for your relatives, set examples for your relatives, love your relatives when they aren't loving you back. I mean, these are things Jesus did for people every day, even though they didn't return them. And by trusting that God is sovereign, you can say, God, I'm putting my family into your hands and giving you all of the control to, to do what you want to do for your will. And, and we all want to see our family members love God. We all want to join together, but, um, we live in a lost and broken world. Mm -hmm. We live in a world where half of the family comes to church and not the whole family. We live in a world where people really do dread going to Christmas because there is trauma, um, at home, and here's what I want to say to you, friend. Um, you may not be able to fix everything, but you have a God who loves you and can fix your heart, and he can he can give you strength, and he can give you the ability to navigate these waters uh, with peace in the storm. So, um, please, um, you know if you really need encouragement, um, find one of our Sunday school classes, come and talk to one of our ministers. Uh, we have, we have the ability to, to pair you up with some really, really good people. Uh, because I've discovered that, um, I've not always been able to count on every family member, but I've always been able to count on my church family. Oh, yeah. And, uh, what a blessing is that? And I think we, we just, I don't even know if we scratched the surface of this, if I'm honest. Um, no, I mean, it's a,
0: it's a very broad, it's a very deep, deep topic that, that we're chatting about here. I mean, and, and why we, we have seek God, set good boundaries and, and God's sovereignty over everything. But you, you also make a good point of like, we know when families start out and like we have baby dedications all that stuff. We say, man, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, I don't know about you, but I still feel like a child sometimes. And it takes a village to, to, to keep growing in Christ. It takes and, a
1: village to raise a pastor and a youth yeah, minister. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, I laughed
0: a little hard, but but ab- absolutely, like all these things are great. And and, and again, we're, we're 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 dipping our toe into the water, and we know we didn't just fix your whole family, but it's you live a life like Christ calls us to. Um, you you put your faith in Him. You give Him all the control, and and watch and see what He does. Uh, absolutely, through you and just through the miracles that He does. Um, I'll share one last story. I was having a conversation uh, with one of my family members who is a nurse and uh, just not super involved in the church. And to be honest, I don't I don't know if she's saved or not. She could be and, and and great, you know. It's just a family member I don't see too often. And we she was talking about the the miracle of birth, you know. And we were just sitting there chatting. And I'm a big science guy, and I'm like, yeah, you know, like still doctors to this day do not know like why the heart starts beating. It's a miracle. And you could just see her eyes widen because this is a question that she's had for years in her nursing. She goes, Yeah, like we don't know why it starts. When a baby is in the womb, the heart just starts beating. Nothing starts it. Nothing, you know, there's nothing in your body that tells, Okay, now it's time. It just starts beating. And she goes, Like, and I just point her, I said, That's God. Like that, it's it's the miracle of life and God. Like I mean, it's so perfect and it's so complex, but to God's eyes, it's so simple. And it was just that simple conversation that that started up a a God conversation, and, it, and it's awesome. And it's because, man, like we we live our lives, we 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 live for God. We put our faith in Him. He'll give us the opportunities to share Him. So. Uh, Seek God, set good boundaries, and God's sovereign. So guys, we love you. We hope you enjoyed this. And again, we just scratched the surface. But again, this is for you to ask questions. So come find me, come find Jake, Um, be talking about just this stuff, and we'll help you as best as we can. But we love you guys, and we'll see you soon. Take care.